the peace of God be with you in Jesus' name. Thanks be to God that he himself stands triumphant on the battlefield. The victory is his. Jesus is our victory in everything and in every way. We celebrate that he has given us the armor of his victory. And so we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, declares the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, declares the Lord. And one thing I have asked of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. St. Paul tells us that our Heavenly Father has given us the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. This means that we can confidently go to God in Christ's name, seeking and imploring his grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Gracious Heavenly Father, we confess to you that despite your promises of strength and protection, we have felt weak. We have been uncertain of the truth. We have not been able to stand firmly in peace. We have not held firmly to the shield of faith. We have not confidently worn the helmet of salvation. But we thank you, Lord, that you see us and know us and promise us the whole armor of God. And so may it be. Our God is strong and mighty to save. In the victory of Jesus our Christ, God promises grace and every blessing. He promises to dress us in the armor of his victory. As a servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins and celebrate with you that we are blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, the source of all that is just and good and strong, Bless us with virtue and righteousness as we grow in grace and faith and hope. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
as we celebrate the victory of our God and the armor of his grace to us, we turn in his word to the epistle of Ephesians, which Paul wrote, and we turn to chapter 6, beginning at verse 20. Finally, Paul writes, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our holy gospel is from the gospel of Mark, chapter 7, beginning at verse 14. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. 
All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. And praise to you, O Christ. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two thousand years ago, an amazing thing happened. God came down from heaven to live a human life in the world that he had created. He came to be a part of things, just as they are. In doing this, Jesus spoke the language of his day. He spoke within the worldview of that time, talking about the things that people cared about. I think that if Jesus were among us today, he would speak in a very different kind of way. He would talk directly to the things that we care about, that we think about. Instead of perhaps what Jesus shared with his disciples about clean and unclean foods, he would put that same idea in different terms. He might want to tell us, you know, the body and the spirit in us is woven together. And how our health and our joy depends on the wellness of both body and spirit. Jesus might say, you are one thing, uniquely created and shaped by God, just the way you are. And here is my victory for you, now and forever. Well, to be sure, the living spirit of Jesus is always with us, and he is always speaking in that spirit to our needs in some relevant way. It has always been this way, even just 30 years after Jesus ascended into heaven. There's the Apostle Paul trying to tell his friends in the city of Ephesus about what Jesus' victory means for them. Paul really wants them to sense the reality of this, the relevance of it, what it means that Jesus' victory is for them. So he kindles up an image from the everyday reality of their streets in Ephesus. Roman soldiers dressed in their armor, Roman soldiers all having the same gear, their breastplate, their helmet, their sword, their shield. 
Anyone in Ephesus could picture that. A confident soldier ready for anything. Paul knows we are each in a kind of battle. A battle that is definitely too big for us. It's a battle that is cosmic. And he wants us to know that the triumphant victor is Jesus. Jesus who is strong. Jesus who is mighty in power. Who is devoted to saving us. Well, Paul had been to the city of Ephesus. It was one of the most foremost urban centers of the Roman Empire. It was a beautiful jewel on the Mediterranean. Temples, stadiums, theaters and baths, all of this a product of the Roman Empire's achievements. I imagine the Roman soldiers on the streets of Ephesus would have this kind of confident, cocky smile. Look how clever we are to have built all this. Well, today, 2,000 years later, you can go to the city of Ephesus and wander around the ancient ruins, now just stones, that remain as a reminder that even our greatest human victories are short. Now, Paul wants his friends in Ephesus to see the almighty and eternal triumph of Jesus. Seen from long ago, the prophets and wise men could see our God getting ready for battle. Isaiah, the prophet, said of him, Righteousness will be his belt. He will put on righteousness as his breastplate, and he will put the helmet of salvation on his head. He will put on the garments of vengeance and wrap himself in zeal as a cloak. Well, so too, King David could see our God getting ready for battle. With his harp, David sang of him. He will sharpen his sword. He will bend his bow. He has prepared deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. The biggest thing that Isaiah and David were hearing is that it would take more than just brute force to win this battle. This battle that really matters ultimately can only be won by the character of our righteous God. This is an unseen battle against an enemy that creates uncertainty and chaos and fear. Jesus might want to tell us in relevant terms today, hey, don't think it's your fault that your life feels like a battle. And don't be so simple as to think that it's somebody else's fault either. No. Paul says this struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. From the earliest days, when darkness came into the garden of our first parents, Adam and Eve, God has consistently reassured us. As Isaiah the prophet heard, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish, so is my word. It will accomplish what I desire. I am bringing my righteousness and my salvation. And so he came, our soldier, our commander, and our leader. And he was more than we could ever have imagined. King David had prayed for him, Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. And when he came, he was very much that, but he was also what the prophet Isaiah had foreseen. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim peace, who bring good, good tidings and proclaim salvation, who says, your God reigns. Jesus came with everything, all the infinite and eternal pieces needed for the Son of the living God to win the battle of our salvation. He gave everything to defeat sin, death, and the devil. So, what does this mean for us? Paul tried to give his friends some relevant ideas by telling them that they could now be dressed in the full armor of God. Paul is taking these things that could seem so hard to grasp, and he's trying to put them within reach. Our God has reached down from the heavens, offering us our own version of his victorious armor. Well, how would Jesus or Paul make this relevant today? Would they say something more simple like, here, here is the clothing of courage. Here is the garment of faith. I don't know. Maybe they would still just simply say, here, put on the full armor of God to stand bravely and confidently. Here, he would say, 
Buckle the belt of truth around your waist. From deep within you, may you know the truth spoken from God himself. Our battles, they are often won simply by just speaking the truth. Would he say, here, put on this, this most important piece, the breastplate of righteousness. This is the same righteousness Jesus wore. It's our best defense, surrounded by his character. He knows what is right. He knows what to treasure and defend. He knows what to win and what to defeat. His righteousness is absolute. Here, he would say, put these on. You will stand firm when your feet are fitted with the gospel of peace. And now... Don't those fit well? Now you have the same footgear as the messenger who ran from the battle scene to announce the victory. Those who watch and wait will be glad when you share the joy of the king's victory. Here, he would say, just in case, take the shield of faith. It is the best protection, able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Here, he would say, put on the helmet of salvation. Wear it proudly. It is a symbol of the victory and triumph of our Savior Jesus. And well, here, take this, your most valuable tool, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Be careful, this sword is fast and it is alive, filled with light, sharper than any other sword it can penetrate a person's innermost being. This sword is in your hand, but this sword is at the command of our God. Wield it carefully. It is always and forever the living and relevant voice of God. And then, most beautifully, Paul tells us the victory of Jesus means that we can speak our prayers into the heavens. Our whispers of hope, our highest shouts of need, they are heard by him, the victorious one. So indeed, let's pray in Jesus' name. Good and loving Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we glorify you. Bless us with the full armor of your victory. May we stand firm and courageous and confident in your triumph. Today and forever, may we be so blessed. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. I invite you to share with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We worship God with our offering. I invite you to send your offering to our church by mail. Thank you and bless you. Offer our prayers to our good and loving God. All you who know the Lord, come now with courage and confidence and offer to him the prayers of your hearts, knowing that his will for us is good and gracious. Lord, renew us and recreate in us the protective armor of your trust and faith by which you can lead us through anything and everything, let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy on us and hear our prayer. Lord, enable each of us to understand the many ways in which you have blessed us. Enable us to be grateful people. We know you can bring joy and peace to even the most troubled heart. Let us not give up seeking you when life challenges us. Help us to see you clearly when hardship comes our way. Have mercy on us and hear us. Good and loving Father, we ask your blessing for the healing of the nations. We pray that those who lead the nations may work for justice and freedom and the protection of the weakest, and that the peace may reign among the nations. Let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy on us and hear our prayer. That we may care for the poor and those in need, and that we may be faithful stewards over all that God has entrusted to our care. Let us pray to the Lord. 
have mercy on us and hear our prayer. That our families and homes may be places of faith, blessing and love in Christ, where we ask forgiveness and forgive one another in Jesus' name. Let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy on us and hear our prayer. Lord, we ask your mercy and healing for those who especially need your prayers and those that we name before you in our hearts. Let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy on us and hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We give thanks, Almighty God, that by your Spirit you renew us and recreate us. As we go on our way, strengthen us and protect us in the armor of Jesus' victory. In the name of him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.